Literary Anything, our Marian Libraries podcast where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Jane. I'm Paula. Welcome to October, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We read this month, I'm thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reid. Because I insisted on it after I read it. (laughs) Yep. She, yeah, Paula, you did insist. It was um, almost a, um, what's the word? A passionate plea. Yes, it can was. Can we read this? Uh, yeah, I know I, just you, I know you hate scary books, but can we please read this? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said to Jane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we did. We did. So I've just been dying to talk to you about it. Mm. And Jane has said a few little things to me and I've been like, shh, don't, don't. <laughs> shut up, shut Save up. Save it for the podcast. <laughs> and here we are. Can't wait. <laughs> Um, Yes, because you read this uh, last month, didn't you? Yes, in one scary night. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Stayed up reading this book because I just could (laughs) not put it down. It is a quick read. Um, Shall I do the quick blurb and I'll talk about the author a little bit and then we can jump in? Let's do that. Okay, I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reid. A woman embarks on a road trip with her new boyfriend, Jake, amid doubts about her commitment. They're visiting his parents' remote farm. When the two take an unexpected detour in a snowstorm, she's left wondering if there's any escape at all. In the vein of Lionel Shriver's We Need to Talk About Kevin and Michael Favors Under the Skin, Ian Reid's debut novel is suspenseful, tense and atmospheric, a highly original exploration of the human psyche. It questions consciousness and free will, the value of relationships and the limitations of solitude. I'm thinking of ending things will grab you from the from the first page and haunt you long after the last is turned. Mm-hmm. I never read that until just right now, I think. is I never even <laughs> looked at the back before and didn't realise that they liken it to We Need to Talk About Kevin, yes. which is a favourite of both of ours. Yes, it is. So, it is. And that's mm. the thing, because when Paul's like, can we please read this scary book? And <laughs> I read that, I was like, oh, okay, well, I love, we talk about Kevin, so right. yes. Um, Ian is Canadian. Um, he won the RBC Taylor Emerging Writer Award in 2015. I don't know that award. Do you know? Have yeah, you heard of I that? do. Is that a big because deal? Yeah, 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 it is a big deal in Ontario. It's the Royal Bank of Canada. Oh, right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and... This is his debut fiction novel. It's published in 2016, so it's not super new. It took him three years to write this book. Mm. Um, it was recently made into a Netflix movie, which we will talk about as well. Mm. Um, and it was um, made by Charlie Kaufman, who did the Eternal... What is it called? Um, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. Did we get yes. that right? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> An adaptation. Yes, yep. yes. Um, and that stars um, Tony Collette and Jesse Plemons. And I can't remember who else because I haven't watched it, but you have. I have, but I don't know any of the other actors. Okay. Yeah. Um, his second novel, Foe, was published in 2019. Um, and an interesting fact, which you may have seen when you were reading about the book, is that Ian Reid's sister, Eliza Reid, is the first lady of Iceland. I know. How <laughs> weird's that? It's just random. So she's married to the current president of Iceland and she's also a writer as well oh. and has done lots of um, – she's lived in Iceland for a long time and she's right. done lots to support the writing community in oh, Iceland. I hmm. So, I mean – I might have to check her out too. What a funny little <laughs> tidbit. Yeah. I read that. I was like, I cut and paste the whole paragraph into my notes. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> um, 
So yeah. And I guess I want to say up front, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Oh, if you yeah. had, are at all interested in watching the Netflix movie or reading this book, then stop, read it, and then come back to yeah. us because we are definitely going to do all the spoilers. Yeah. And there are mad spoilers yeah, in this. And this is not one that, you know, sometimes you can hear a spoiler and you can still read the book as, you know, with fresh eyes. This is not that. If yeah. you know the, the storyline and mm. the endings and mm. all of that, then... It, it I would will say change it will things ruin for you. Yeah. yeah, it will change the way you read the book. Yeah. So mm. yeah, um, I I found this book completely mind bending, and I thought it was interesting that um, I don't know if you ever look at the questions on Goodreads. People yes. ask questions, and sometimes the mm. author even answers. Yeah. Um, but there are thirty questions on Goodreads for this book compared to I just thought, oh, wonder what how many. Uh, memory police has for example and the memory police has three <laughs> so i think it's fair to say that this book leaves lots of people scratching their heads yeah at the end it's uh, quite confusing and i feel like it's very divisive mm-hmm. um people either love it or hate it yeah uh yeah so do we want to run through the storyline a little bit sure let's yeah. do that yeah so the girlfriend um, is unnamed, mm-hmm. so I guess we'll just keep calling her the girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but um, as the summary says, they're, she and Jake are traveling by car in the winter um, to visit Jake's parents who live on a farm in a rural area. And so we get from um, Jake's girlfriend's perspective um, in the first person, and we understand that she's thinking of ending things mm-hmm. with Jake. Um, and during the trip, she and Jake have many, many, many philosophical discussions um, and share stories um, on topics such as relationships and depression and death. Um, and during the car trips, there are these increasingly eerie occurrences. And the first one that I remembered that really set the tone for me mm-hmm. um, was when they pass by this burnt out old farmhouse, um, but it's got a brand new swing set in the front. Mm. And the girlfriend says, um, what's with that You know, brand new swing set at this burnt out mm. farmhouse? And Jake says something to her like, uh, are you cold? Do you want a coffee? Or he, he yeah, completely yeah. ignores the question. Yeah. And that really, it, that it had me at that point mm. because I was just like, that's, that's the sort of thing I find scary, not like monsters and mm. gore and all mm. this, but when things are normal, but there's just something that's slightly off. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that really set the tone for me with this yeah. book. And at this point in the book, you, because you did say to mm. me that you didn't like it at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, I did. So talk to me about that. Okay. Um, I think I went into this book expecting something different to what it was. I did not like it. I think I when I said that to you, I think I was maybe, I don't know, only a tiny way into the book. Mm. Um, I did not like it, but I found it... I think I found it a bit boring to start with, ah. but that was before I got into, that was before we arrived at the farmhouse and all of that sort of stuff. Right. So you didn't find that eeriness compelling. You were just like, um, whatevs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit whatevs, but once we got, once I sort of, I also think I was reading it in like tiny little chunks. I didn't sit down and just read the whole thing, uh. but once I did and read it in one sitting, it it 
I was in it a little bit more. Okay, it's not one that I found. You know, sometimes you can pick up and put down a book, and you know that's fine. This yeah. isn't one that I think you could pick up and put down. I feel like you need to be in it absolutely and read it in one or two sittings. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, eerie things like I said, and the same song is playing over mm. again on yeah. the radio. So that was another kind of a strange thing. Um, and interspersed with the girlfriend's um, point of view mm. are these little snippets in italic font where we have this dialogue between these two also unnamed people yeah. um, who are, um, well, I guess we'll, yeah, I'll get into that a bit, mm. in, a bit more in, um, in a bit. But we find out that Jake's girlfriend has been getting these cryptic phone calls and messages from a man who seems to be putting on a high-pitched, weird voice to her mobile. Mm. And alarmingly, the calls are coming from dun, 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 <laughs> her own number. Yeah. So, yeah, I was freaked <laughs> out by that. I found that so freaky. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it took me a little while to get into the, um, where it was kind of going. I didn't, mm. I didn't really think it was, this was going to be as psychological as what it is. Ah. So once I kind of thought, oh, okay, this is what's happening and this is, I was starting to piece it together a little bit. Then I was like, right, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, you were piecing it together because Jane did send me one text about this. Mm. Um, <laughs> and you say, you always say that you don't piece things I together. Know. And you totally did. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I to- I never guessed the thing right. ever. But I And you did. And I, I did. Com- and I, you, I'm not bad for piecing things together. And I mm. didn't. You got mm. it way before I did. But oh. okay, anyway, but we'll keep going with, <laughs> with the story so you understand what we're bit, talking about. Yeah chuffed about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she also describes these um, chilling instances in the, her past when a man was standing outside her window at night and she would jolt awake mm. and just see his torso in the window. Yeah. Um, and she couldn't do anything. She was kind of frozen. And then at one point, she can't see his head. Again, she just sees his torso. And then at one point, he waves that and wave, it, that wave was yeah. scary, wasn't oh it? Oh my god, I was so scared by that. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, they arrive at Jake's house, and things continue to get strange and stranger and stranger. Yeah, yeah. And ba- uh, both of Jake's parents are strange. Um, his mother is smiling, smiling, smiling all the time yeah. in a weird way, and the things they talk about are weird. Yeah. Um, and one of um, the other scary things is she's looking at a photo that Jake says is of him, mm-hmm. but she thinks it can't be of him because it looks like a girl. And then she realized the girl looks like her. Yeah. 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 Um, I found the whole the whole entire farmhouse section very uncomfortable and disturbing and claustrophobic. Mm. Um, it was... I mean, there's the horrible description of, you know, these farm animals that need to get put down. And mm. um, and then when they're in the house, it just, it felt like, as I was reading, it felt like the walls were closing in mm. and it was so um, disturbing. Everything was just a little bit off kilter. 
Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. And it was, you know, they, they were sitting around the dinner table and they play this strange game where um, they have to imitate or impersonate Jake and they go around the table and do this impersonation of Jake and then Jake impersonates the girlfriend and then it's just so – even saying it out, like describing it sounds ridiculous <laughs> – but it was just so unnerving. Mm. Did you feel that in that, that the whole, whole The whole bit? thing. And there was this door that had all these scratches on it. Yeah. Um, and he said it was from their dog. But, yeah. And then she goes into the basement, mm. which is through a trap door yeah. in the floor. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you want to feel claustrophobic. I definitely yeah. felt claustrophobic in that basement. It yeah. was creepy and weird. And there were these strange paintings down there that she finds. Mm. Um, and also, as she's finally climbing out of the basement, she realized there's a lock on the inside yeah. of the basement yeah. door. That's right. Uh, it almost had a, a, a dream-esque mm. kind of vibe to it that yes. whole um that whole farmhouse scene the whole meeting the parents all of those things just felt just so off yeah um I quite liked that though like I, I relished in reading that really uncomfortable section ah, yeah that's interesting yeah it was it was good yeah I liked that bit <laughs> um and the parents at the end particularly seem worried for Jake and mm. they and they seem appreciative mm. of her saying, you know, it's, it's um, good what she's doing for Jake and she yeah. doesn't really understand yeah. what that means. And thing, and they said things like we've been waiting a long time, you know, after all this time, it's great to finally meet you, you know, and they've been dating for six weeks or something. That's right. Yeah. So this, yeah, there's a lot of dialogue in this book, isn't there? Yeah, there's yeah, pretty much dialogue and then her internal mm. um dialogue as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Monologue, I guess. Um yeah. So it becomes apparent that the two people that are having a conversation between the chapters I was mm -hmm. talking about are in italics, um, are somebody who worked with the janitor, a janitor. Yeah. Um and someone else. And they're describing in increasingly graphic detail the mm. death of this janitor at a school. So you understand slowly that this story is going to have some kind of tragic conclusion. Yeah. Somebody will be killed or yep. dead or... Yeah, yeah, and that it's gruesome yep. and disturbing yep. um, based on what they say. So um, Jake and the girlfriend... Um, eventually leave the his parents house and they're driving home and um, strangely Jake decides that they're going to stop at Dairy Queen which we don't have Dairy Queen no, here. No it's but like a Wendy's kind of thing. Yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and for ice cream. Oh and also the girlfriend is lactose intolerant. Mm. Um, oh yeah. Yeah and that's something that the mother oh, ignores. Just clicked something in my head yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's lots of discussion about mm. what she can have instead at Dairy Queen. Um, but there are three girls that are working at the Dairy Queen and they're acting really strangely. Yeah. Two of them are kind of laughing and, um, yeah. And then one of them um, is a very, um, she's got this rash all over mm -hmm. her arms and she says to the girlfriend that she is worried for her. Mm. Um, yeah, which, yeah. again, 
scary. Yeah, disturbing. Mm. Yeah. And so they take these drinks and they continue on their journey and they start to melt. And Jake insists that they have to stop somewhere to throw these drinks away mm. which when I was reading this I was just like that doesn't make any sense just get <laughs> home just go home yeah it was it felt urgent didn't it it felt like just just get home yeah just go now yeah just yeah keep going like you could just imagine being this girl and thinking no yeah. no it had this 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 section where he's insisting on throwing away the drinks and then they they detour off onto this strange road down to the high, I think he says it's the high school, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, there's a bin at the high school. So they ter- take this turn. It's the middle of the night. It's dark. It's, it's cold. Snowing. It's snowing. And they're driving, driving, driving down this road. And it had that – I don't know if you ever have that a dream where you're perpetually running late for something and oh. you just keep getting later and later and later or you're trying to get somewhere and you just can't get there. You never get there. Yeah, you that's, never get there. It had that, good. F- that feeling about it. Yeah. That they were, it was just this strange, yeah, dream quality about inexplicably going to throw these drinks out in a high school at the end of this weird, desolate road. Yeah, desolate. It was, yeah, it just felt, it felt slightly panicky and Mm. urgent. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. And it only gets more so because um, Jake gets out of the car to um, ditch these cups and he Mm. looks in the bin and then he kind of looks back at her and kind of shrugs, I think, and yeah. then continues on behind the school. And she's like, what is he doing? Like, yeah. just throw the cups away and let's get going. Yeah. Um, and so finally he comes back mm-hmm. and um, and then, yeah, he said, oh, I couldn't throw the, the cups in there because there was um, salt in that one for, mm. you, you probably don't know, but in Canada yeah. in the winter you have you um at schools they have to throw down salt on the mm. on the pavement and stuff where you walk because it melts the ice. yeah melts yeah. the ice and then yeah. you don't slip um so he said he couldn't put the cups in there and that's why he went off somewhere else to throw them away but then um he turns off the car mm. and then they start making out and that was inexplicable as well exactly like who would yeah <laughs> in a in the winter and it's cold and dark and they just want to get home and why he would turn the car off and Mm. why she would let him yeah (laughs) and then at that point is that when he mentions that he saw a truck he goes there's a truck back there or something oh yeah i can't remember if that's before or after yeah but yeah yeah, that's true there is a truck he mentions that there's a truck yeah and then he freaks out because he says he sees somebody watching them yeah from the window of the school Yeah. yeah and he um, runs into the school to gets very angry. Yeah, very angry. Yeah. And she says she hasn't seen him like that before. Mm. She hasn't seen that side of Jake. Yeah. And he goes into the school and then he takes the keys with him. Mm. So she's just stuck in this car and she's freaking out. Yeah. And so she decides to follow him into the school. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I've read this, um, I read this book twice. I read it as mm-hmm. I said, in one night. And then I listened to the audio book for the second yeah. um, reading. And I didn't realize how long the... I thought once they, they got into the school, it was quite... Um, it, uh, the book was close to being done by then. But actually, yeah. it's actually not. Oh. It's still... Like, I got to that bit in the audiobook, and there was still an hour in the audiobook to go, which oh. really surprised me. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's, she's, there's lots of pondering 
yeah, things. It does get a little confusing yeah. at this point onwards because yeah. you're thinking there's a certain thing going on that you which know, is that this janitor people. yeah and that yeah and that the janitor is stalking her because mm. when she tries to she she looks out the window and sees that jake's car is gone yeah and then she tries to leave and there's chains on the mm. door that she came in so she's locked in there and she feels like this janitor is stalking her yeah and she's trying to hide from him yeah. and, and she then, yeah. yeah and the music starts playing that's right the, the same, same song, song. Over and over and over on the on the inter intercom, intercom thing. Yep, and this is where the book has been um, in the first person mm-hmm. um, from the girlfriend's point of view. Yeah, and then at some point it turns into first person plural. Yes, being we yes. start saying we, and then this we they read a poster for an upcoming dance with mm. the tickets um, are $10 and it says, what are you waiting for? Yeah. And then there are four pages yes. <laughs> of what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Just repeated yeah. over and over. And it was really interesting in the audiobook version. This oh, is the, this is the point. Whole, yeah. Was. Well, this was the point where I, I wanted to listen to the audiobook version because I saw um, mm. on, someone comment about how they felt it was well done, this mm. point in the audiobook. Yeah. So what they did was um, they repeated, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Yeah. In the girl's voice, but then slowly a male oh. voice comes in and then they're repeating it over and over together and then the girl's voice fades out and oh, it's just a male that's voice. that's creepy. I was listening to it with my earbuds yeah. in. I wasn't in the car. I, yeah. um, I, was, I got, was at home by this point, so I had my earbuds in and having that, what are you waiting for? What are you Ooh. waiting for? What are you waiting for? Oh my God, I just got the chills. It was so creepy. It was just so creepy. <laughs> wow, that does sound well done. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. what you realize then is that Jake, the girl, mm-hmm. and the janitor are all the same person. That's right. And the book then reveals that he never had a relationship mm-hmm. with this girl that he did meet at a quiz night. That's how it's, the book starts where um, she, the girlfriend describes how she met Jake at this yeah. quiz night. Um, but actual, and in the fantasized version, he gives her his number and they start a relationship. Mm-hmm. But actually it's revealed that he never um, got the guts to do that. Yeah. And so he never had a relationship with her yeah. at all. So this is his sort of alternate reality of what would have happened kind of if he had given her, her, the, the, his, her the number. Yeah. yeah. And so then mm. he uses a coat hanger to puncture himself and the, the two times. Yeah. And yeah. the two people who are discussing him in italics mm. um, describe how he's slowly bled out. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's how it's revealed that I'm thinking of ending things is – that's yeah it's that double-edged yeah that's right and that the parents have passed away that's right he was living in his parents farmhouse and they had passed away that's right um, some time ago yeah so that was all fictional as well so um i picked up that um the girlfriend and jake were the same person reasonably early before yeah. they got to the farmhouse but then then I sort of wavered a little bit when we got to the farmhouse because then you know Jake talks about this brother that was unwell but now he's much much better and um 
the brother's a janitor at the high school. Right, and he's and, a genius. And he's a genius, but he, he's not very sociable and he, he doesn't talk. And mm. um, and then I was thinking, oh, well, maybe he's a character that we're going to meet at this high school. Because I knew that they got to a high school, mm. but it didn't. It all just combined into this one person. So it was, yeah, it was uncomfortable. Mm. And... Um, Another uh, comment that people make about this book is that it deserves a second reading. Mm. Um, And I would absolutely agree. And it's like reading a different book once you know. Yeah. And then you pick up all these little things along the way. Yeah. Um, Just little things like they, they, um, she tells, the girlfriend tells the story about um, this incident with a driving instructor. Mm. Um, and the driving instructor, supposedly his name is Doug, but then when he hands her the car keys, the key ring has a letter J on it. Mm, um, yes. Or <laughs> that all the different characters yeah. have ailments that are Jake's. So hearing loss, yes. rash, bitten yes. fingernails, lactose intolerance, nosebleeds, yes. headaches. Yes. These are all things that the characters mm. um, experience um and yeah, and they're all things that yeah. are in, uh, there's little clues, of there's little breadcrumbs through the whole, the whole book really. Yeah, exactly like that. I've got that down in my notes as well. That mm. you know, while he's he's telling it, he's writing this story almost from her point of view, but he's still giving. It's I don't know how to describe it, but it's because it's revealed at the end that he's written lots and lots of notebooks full of things and so you the reader us we the reader are then left to assume that this book is written by jake almost yeah well the two people at the end kind of say that yeah that's right so even though jake has written this story from the girlfriend's perspective he's still leaving her little clues throughout the book that things aren't the way they should be right and even one though of them, she's fictionalized yeah it's so <laughs> it's very mind bendy yeah and i guess that's what the um the phone calls were as that's well right. yeah yeah it was him it was him saying yeah. yeah that's right there's only one question and just speaking about the notebooks yes. the dad says to the girlfriend at one point that jake was always writing reading things and writing things and he used his writing in his notebooks to make sense of things Mm. and so yeah that's what he's done here with all of these characters um he's trying to make sense of his life he's trying to work things out and all of the little incidents um described i think are are Mm. jake trying to make sense of his life that's been so isolated because they talk about how at some point um he had work in a lab they yeah. talk about, you know, is he going to go back to the lab or whatever? And um, and instead, because he can't deal with social interactions, he's become this janitor for 30 years, even mm. though he's a genius. Yeah. And the people at the end say, why was he pushing a mop around when he was so smart? Mm. And also pointing out that if you crave connection with people but can't have it, it would be sort of torturous to be yeah. a janitor at a school and having all these people mm. around you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it too. And there are lots mm. of, I feel like, um, allegorical things. Like you talked about the um, animals mm-hmm. at the farm. Yes. And um, so there are these pigs at the farm that Jake describes. Um, 
you know, his parents were busy on the mm. farm or whatever, and the pigs looked okay. But then one day the dad decides uh, they haven't moved for a while. Yeah. So he went to check on them and found, like, went to move one. Mm. And underneath, it was they were being eaten alive mm. by maggots. Um, and so they had to be put down. And yeah. the girlfriend sort of says, yeah, I understand. Of course, they had to be put down. Mm. Um, they had to be liberated from their yeah. suffering. Yes. And he makes a point of saying they looked fine from far away, mm. but when you went up close, they were anything but. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I f that was. Um, and he ref they referenced that again at the end of the book, um, being eaten alive and still feeling it. Yeah, that's she, right. Yeah. If, yeah, if, if you died, yeah. yeah, would would you still feel the maggots? Yeah. He's still going to be suffering, suffering essentially. Yeah. yeah. Even in death. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the snow again? Oh, you and your <laughs> snow analogies. I didn't even think about it. You'd think I'd be the one who'd be onto the snow. Well, I had a couple of questions, I guess. Um, if you've been to the snow before, you know that it's um, – when I first went to a place where there was lots of snow, the, the quiet and the silence surprised mm. me. Ah. Um, it's almost like it absorbs sound, I guess. I guess it probably does. Yeah. If you know science, let us know. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the adding the element of snow to this story was key. I think that it added this a very ethereal, sinister quality to the story. Um, and it gave the reader something to sort of juxtapose some of the characters' act actions against. So, for example, if it was a beautiful spring afternoon... Going for a walk at the farm to look at the animals isn't that weird. True. You know, but arriving, they arrived. They didn't even go and speak to the parents. They went straight out to look at the animals. If that was a nice day, you know, that makes sense. But it doesn't make sense because it's freezing and it's cold and she talks a lot about being numb and her fingers are f frozen mm -hmm. um, or stopping at the Dairy Queen. I mean, how ridiculous yep. is that to stop in the middle of a snowstorm when it's so cold, who wants icy cold drinks when it's snowing? So yeah. those sorts of um, actions um, on the backdrop of the weather and the snow and the cold add an element of um, uncomfortableness about the whole story. Yeah, I never thought about that, but that is yeah. absolutely true. If this was set in summer, it wouldn't Everything be... Everything would seem normal. Yeah, and yeah. even when she was in the school, yes. part of it was that even if she could get out of the school... That's right. You know, she's... She would yeah. die going through That's right. all that snow in the Yeah, I think it's such an important element to the story. Um, and even just driving to the school, it felt desolate and scary and just strange, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've had an experience of driving mm. through snow at night, but it is. it does feel scary. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Mm. It would look like the cover. Yeah. Of the book. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly what <laughs> yeah. it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought it was important to mention that that was, I felt like that was an important element of the book and made it all the more um, sinister and, and terrorizing. unsettling. Yeah. Mm. Um, how did the landscape feel to you? Did it ring did it ring true? Is oh, it I could same? see it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, um, Ian Reid lives in Kingston, Ontario, mm -hmm. um, and I grew up in Ontario. So, yeah, yeah I, I it absolutely felt completely real. Yeah. I could just, yeah, yeah. I 
was there. I was there mm. with the girlfriend. I wondered if it felt the same. You know, I don't know if you remember when we read too much lip. I felt um, a connection to her descriptions of the town and the story and the landscape because, you know, I have lived in places like that. Whether you had felt the same sort of um, connection, I yeah, guess, to the scenery. I would say absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the scenery, yeah. And you know, driving uh, out in those rural areas. Yeah, yeah absolutely, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, the conversation uh, between the two people who... Um, who are in italics um they make a point of saying that um the janitor stopped talking mm. and that he was weird and that um they and at one point they say well you know this was his problem we're yeah. the normal ones we couldn't have helped that this happened and i felt like um it it makes you ask yourself what responsibility do we as a community have for those of us who are suffering mm. from a mental health issue yeah um, yeah. And I guess that's the point of having are you okay days and all that yeah. kind of thing um, is that you've got to check in with people. Yeah. And also it, it, it says to me, how do, how well do we really even know anybody Yeah, as well? You know, like the pig story Yeah, that might look okay from a distance, that's but right. up close things are not okay. Yeah. Um, how, yeah, how well do we really know what's going on in people's lives? Yeah. I feel like the central theme to this book is isolation and loneliness. Mm -hmm. And I thought, um, I just wanted to read this one uh, part that's right towards the end. And I feel mm -hmm. like it really summarizes what this um, book is about. Um, so it says, people talk about the ability to endure to endure anything and everything, to keep going, to be strong. But you can do that only if you're not alone. That's always the infrastructure life's built on, a closeness with others. Alone, it all becomes a struggle of, more, of mere endurance. What can we do when there's no one else, when we've tried to sustain fully on our own? What do we do when we're always alone, when there's no one else ever? What does life mean then? Does it mean anything? What is a day then, a week, a year, a lifetime? What is a lifetime? It all means something else. We have to try another way, another option, the only other option. So, mm. yeah, I feel like that is the central yeah. message in this. I'd agree. This book. So you loved it? Yes. <laughs> but I, I still don't know how you felt about it. I, um, I don't, <laughs> don't know. I, I really enjoyed it because it was something quite different and um, I didn't love, love it, but I didn't not like it either. That's such a nothing <laughs> answer. That, was, that means nothing. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going to watch the movie. Put it that way. Okay. Because Charlie Kaufman is fabulous at that. Slightly disturbing, off-kilter, dream-esque type of a movie. Right, which... Um, Mm. Yeah, but you, you've seen it. What right. did you think? Well, I was deeply, deeply disappointed by the movie. Mm -hmm. It departs from the book a lot. Yeah. Um, and I guess, I guess he's taking some of the central themes of the book, but exploring it in a different way and yeah. in a different way that I didn't get. Yeah. Like, I think there were lots of things that references to other books and movies mm. and things that went over my head and just seemed weird. Yeah. And I th if you only watched that movie, I think you would have no idea that 
the janitor, Jake, and the girl are all the same person. Right. I don't yeah. think you would have got that at all. I did watch the preview. You know how on Netflix you can watch the preview yeah. of the movies. I did watch the preview and it looked um, so much less dark than what I felt the book was. It oh, looked okay. a bit more, I don't know, it was a preview, so who knows, but it looked a bit more colourful and joyful and mm. um, amusing slightly yeah, than what I felt like the book was. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I watched the trailer, I was excited by it. I thought, mm. oh, this is going to be so good. But um, yeah, it's more. It's very much more cinematic. I mean, yes, there's, there's a the right weird word. dance sequence at yeah. the end of it that is just bizarre. Um, but mm. yeah, it's funny. I loved this book on the first read mm-hmm. because I found it so scary and yeah. freaky and, and the ending just blew my mind. And then on the second read, and I highly recommend a second read if you're into this book, obviously mm. <laughs> it's not, not for Jane, but, um, <laughs> but I feel like it's much more of a philosophical, mm. uh, yeah. Very introspective as Very well. Very introspective yeah. and this is a book that's going to stay with me. I'm going to think about it. Yeah. Um, I think this will stay with me as well. I think I'll hang around in my brain for a little bit. Yeah. Maybe that. Maybe I did love it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you did. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, I really wanted, I felt like there was just, there's lots. And mm. I feel like we've only even just brushed the surface. There's so yeah. much to parse with this book. There, it just asks lots of really interesting deep philosophical questions absolutely yeah yeah it's more than just the sort of plot i Mm. guess yeah Mm. well shall we talk about other books we've read sure sure i've read a couple of other things and i won't talk too much about them well you go first because i only read one okay sure i'll bundle these two of them together um i read the guilty feminist by deborah francis white and the f generation by virginia trioli mm. both um feminist writings both non-fiction um the f generation by virginia trioli she's um australian this is an australian book 25 years ago australia was in the grip of a, a sort of a debate about sex and power so in the 90s um the master of ormond college at the university of melbourne <coughs> had been acquitted of indecent assault after complaints by two female students. Um, At the time, Helen Garner wrote a book called The First Stone, which polarised readers and the community, I guess, about whether the students had been right to say something or not Mm. um, and to take their their complaint to the police. Um, And I guess the question that Helen Garner was posing was, is the feminist movement poisoning gender relations hmm. and so Virginia Trolley she offers an argument for the ongoing need for feminism and while exploring um, her own feelings towards it um, and described about where we are now as a community with um, gender relations and workplace harassment and sexual harassment and, and gender-based violence and things like that hmm. um, and I guess she's inserted the Me Too movement into that as well now with a new forward on the book. It was um, – I listened to this one and it was um, it was hard going and mm. it was it's quite academic and um, a little bit of a slog but it was good. Right. Um, and then The Guilty Feminist. I don't know if you've heard of um, The Guilty Feminist. It's a podcast as oh. well. Oh, okay. It no. was a podcast first um, and it's been going for a number of years but – Deborah Francis White has now written a book as well. It's funny, it's joyful, it's hopeful, it's inspiring. It's about embracing 
feminism and its imperfections, um, it's very inclusive, lots of intersectionality in it um, and it's really funny and it's – I really, really enjoyed that book and I will tell anyone to, to ris- listen to it or read it. I listened to that one as well. That one's on Libby. Oh, that sounds like um, that was, those were two – Very different. To, yeah. Yeah, very different to but each good other. good ones to, yeah, ha- yeah. read together. Yes, mm. they were actually. Mm. Um, so she kind of expl- – says here she explores what it means to be a 21st century feminist – um, and encourages us all to make the place better for all of us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thematically similar, polar opposites in their delivery and how I enjoyed them. Right. Uh, yeah. That's a nice to have a positive spin on it and to sort of show that feminism is not just for women. It's for It makes things better for everybody. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's, it's really funny and it's really... I guess the central point she's making is that you don't have to be perfect. Mm. You can have her, – her key thing is – I should have thought of thought of an example. Um, so she – the start of each chapter, and she does this in her podcast as well, she goes, I'm a feminist but – and okay. there's something sort of um, the opposite. So she might say, I'm a feminist but – I look for a man when there's a spider around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Or I spent 25 minutes deciding on which lipstick to wear today. Right, right. You know, so it's – it's that um, humour and the embracing of imperfection as well. Oh, that's good. I that's like good. that. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, I read Too Much and Never Enough by Mary L. Trump, which mm. I had talked about. I was looking forward to reading. For months you've been looking forward I to know. this. Um, and I feel like the observations that she um, came up with in the last chapter of the book was what I was there for. <laughs> Dish in the tea. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, the the tea, actually, I felt like uh, I, I didn't really learn anything mm. new. Um, the And I feel like there wasn't enough of her, like part of the reason why I wanted to read her was her clinical psychology background. And I felt like not enough of that came through most mm-hmm. of the book. I felt like any family member with um, a reasonable um, level of, uh, of making astute observations could have um, um, written written it. Um, so the bulk of it, yeah, I, I kind of already knew and didn't get anything, um, didn't get any new information. And I wanted more of a deeper psychological mm-hmm. dive, which I say, like I say, she gets into in the last chapter. But yeah, um, yeah I wanted more of it. So it was, uh. yeah, a bit meh. Uh. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. You were so much looking forward I to know. that. Um, now that's all. Well, I have read one other thing, but I'll I'll tack that onto my out soon okay. list of books because right. there's a lot coming out this month. Um, have you got any news? Well, this is something that I have avoided talking about oh, um, no. up to this point. Yeah. But <laughs> I feel like it, I've avoided it because it's controversial. This is not a political podcast. I'm not an expert in these sorts of things. So I have making me sidestepped nervous. it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Jane's like, what is she going to say? <laughs> but at this point, it's just in the literary news so much. It's gone on and on. I feel like we would be remiss um, to not mention it. And especially because it, it was in the Australian news recently. Mm-hmm. So what I'm talking about is J.K. Rowling. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So for months, um, she's been, um, there's been controversy around her tweets about um, the transgendered community. Um, mm-hmm. And 
you know, people feel different ways about that. I'm not going to get into that. But the reason why it was in the Australian news is because um, one there's a bookshop in Perth that decided they were no longer going to stock her books on the shelf. And she's got a new book out, Troubled Blood, um, mm-hmm. under her Robert Gal- Galbraith um, pseudonym. Um, so yeah, this bookshop said because of her controver- controversial views on the transgendered community, they're no longer going to be stocking her books that you could order if you mm-hmm. if you wanted a Harry Potter book, they'll yeah. order it for you, but they're not going to have it on the shelf. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, this for us in libraries, we're very um, there's a deep philosophical understanding that we do not censor absolutely, um, and we are here for all sorts of views and opinions and provide information and resources to a wide variety of people. Yep. Um, I guess what I would say to that is that I would assume then that anybody with um, problematic views that have been expressed publicly who is an author they're not stocking any of those authors books and that's not what they're doing yeah Um, yeah I would I would I'll put a link to a news Mm. article about it because um I felt like yeah it was interesting their their take on why they've decided to do this Mm, I mean it's their prerogative isn't it it's their bookshop that's right but you would think that they would have a um across the board stance then Mm. of anyone who's got Opinions that are not nice. Hmm. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't stock anyone <laughs> who has not been nice. That would be a slippery slope, <laughs> wouldn't it? Though, <laughs> yeah. And that's that's there. Therein lies the um, the, the difficulty, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, lots is coming out this month. This is the pointy end of the year, so lots of people are um, publishing their books now. A couple of these I might have mentioned last month, but I'm mentioning them again because they're right at the end of. Um, the beginning of the month they're getting um, released. So Monica McInerney's new book is out. Um, her book is called The Godmothers. That's Penguin book. Um, that is about Eliza Miller, who grew up in Australia, is the only daughter of a troubled young mother, with the constant support of two watchful godmothers, Olivia and Maxie. Despite her tricky childhood, she always felt loved and secure until just before her 18th birthday, a tragic event changed her life. 13 years on, Eliza is desperately living deliberately living as safely as possible, avoiding relationships and devoting herself to her job. Out of the blue, an enticing invitation from one of her godmother's prompts a leap into the unknown. And, you know, on goes the storyline. I read a proof copy of this. I've not read Monica McInerney's books before, so this is my first one. Um, So I can't comment whether this is, you know, Mm. a good one of her books. She's Mm. written tons and tons of books. But I know that she's extraordinarily popular. She's... um, kind of a local but she kind of lives um in the uk as well a little bit um it was nice it was a nice book it's huge it's a Mm, big book it is um but it was enjoyable and kind of romantic Mm. and a lovely little break um after reading i'm thinking of ending things ending (laughs) things it's the polar opposite of that book um it was really enjoyable and we've got monica um in real life um at Cove Civic Centre. And it's sold is, out. I think I it's think. sold out. Yeah, I'm but pretty if, sure it's yeah, booked out. I'm pretty sure it's booked out, but we um, are looking forward to having her. Um, Jane Harper's got her new book out, The Survivors. That's out as well. Um, I haven't read that yet. I've got a proof copy sitting there to read, but I haven't started it yet. Um, 
This one is called The Survivors. We've got her as well. Yes, and that's not that's booked out. Not um, booked out a, and it's on it's a virtual event as well yep. because she obviously can't travel interstate. Well, now she can, but mm. when we booked her, she couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so um, jump online and book into that. That's um, the 14th of October. God, look at you, right at the top of your brain. <laughs> and her book is also in our Trending Titles collection. Yes, so that's a is. new collection that we've got at just at the Cultural Centre. It's a curated collection of the top most popular best-selling mm-hmm. books. We get multiple copies of them and um, they're available right then. You can't put them on hold. Yeah. You can just grab them if they're in. And that's they're right. a 10-day loan? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so... Um, if you um, are nearby the cultural centre, you could pop in there and maybe you'll get a copy yeah. of the survivors. It's a great, yeah, it's great to pop in there and, and grab something. Yeah, have a look and we'll yeah, see. You'll get yeah, you get something. Mm. Yeah. Um, Lady Gaga's got a book out. Oh, wow. <laughs> cool. Called um, Channel Kindness. It's a collection of 51 stories of kindness, bravery and resilience from young people all over the world. Um, collected by... Um, the Born This Way Foundation and introduced by Lady Gaga. So when I say Lady Gaga's got right. a book, it's kind of her foundation has got a book out and she's written obviously a forward on um, for the book. But that sounds like the kind of book that might be um, great for a young person in your life and we'll um, get copies of that once that's out as well. Mm. Now, does Paul Jennings mean anything to you? Uh, yes. Paul like Jennings, those of us of a certain age... We'll remember Round the Twist. That was a TV series based on his books. And um, he's he's kind of like the Andy Griffiths of the, the 90s, yeah, the late 80s and Andy. 90s. Yeah, right. yeah. Huge Australian children's author. Um, fantastic kids writer. Really funny and bizarre stories. Just brilliant. Um, so he has got a book out called, um, where is it? I can't even read my own writing. <laughs> it's called Untwisted, the Story of My Life. So it's, oh, a, it's, it's a, a bit of a memoir type oh, thing. Nice. Um, so I think that's going to be really popular with anybody that um, loved his books as a child or you might be a teacher um, because he was a teacher as well. Um, I'm really looking. I'm going to borrow that one and have mm. a read of that one. Mm. And I'm not going to go into it too much, but Matthew Raleigh's got a new book out, The Two Lost Monuments. Clive James has got a new book out called Fire of Joy. Lee Charles got a new Jack Reacher novel out called oh, The wow. Sentinel. And Jimmy Barnes has got another book called Killing Time. Wow. Is the Jimmy Barnes book, is it nonfiction again? Yes. Gosh, how, how many? I know. Gosh, I guess he's had a huge life. <laughs> he can just yeah. keep writing about it. I don't think this one's... Um, I should have written down what it's about, but I don't think it's as autobiographical as the oh, other okay. other two that he's he's had come out. Mm. So lots out. There's more than that, but they're the cherry-picked bits. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, should we talk about our book for next month? <gasps> yes. I'm looking forward to this one. Okay, so our book for next month is called Burnt Sugar by Avni Doshi, and it's been shortlisted for the 2020 Booker Prize, which is exciting. So, and the, yeah, that'll be announced the 17th of November. Fabulous. Mm. Look at you knowing that off the top of your head. <laughs> I didn't stop and just Google that. No, I didn't. I just knew it. We didn't cut and paste that down. No, not at all. <laughs> um, I'll read the little blurb for us. Tara remembers the past one way and Tara remembers it quite another. Each woman carries wounds inflicted by the other. Each nurses their wounds with the jealous relish of a lover. 
In her youth, Tara was wild. She abandoned her loveless marriage to join an ashram, embraced a brief stint as a beggar, and spent years chasing after a dishevelled homeless artist, all with her daughter in tow. Now she's forgetting things, mixing up her maid's wages and leaving the gas on all night, and Antara is faced with the task of caring for a woman who never cared for her. This is a novel about memory and myth and how the stories you tell yourself eventually become more real than your own face in the mirror. This is an examination of jealousy, obsession, betrayal. This is a love story, sharp as a blade and laced with caustic wit. Burnt Sugar asks, how much can we really know about those we are closest to and, by extension, about ourselves? Mm. Mm. Deep and introspective yes. again. Yeah, again, I was thinking it <laughs> has some similar themes, I think, to yeah. I'm thinking of anything. Because um, one other thing that was uh, constant throughout this book was the idea that the only, only thoughts are real mm. because thoughts can't be faked and actions can be faked. That was repeated over and over yeah, again. It was, wasn't yeah, it was, mm. And so, yeah, that just mm. reminded me of that when... I'm going to read you the first line. Oh. I would be lying if I said my mother's misery has never given me pleasure. Wow. Oh, do you, I love mm. reading the first line. Yeah. I love reading, and, and then making a judgment about, is this going to be a good book? Yeah, I read the very first line and then I randomly pick a page, like right in the middle of the book and I'll read a paragraph and see if I like it. That's how right. I choose books. <laughs> And then I read the ending. No, I don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be Kilo, horrified. I know. <laughs> so that's next month's book. It's in the collection. Um, I can't remember if it's on Libby or not, but we will link that on the Facebook page if it is. Yeah, I'll put it in the notes. Yes. So join our Facebook group, like us on Facebook, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and happy reading. We'll see you next month. Bye. Bye. I don't know when that gets announced, do you? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have it bookmarked at my desk. Um, just say soon. <laughs> Rico. Oh, 17th of November. Okay, great. September? October. October. <laughs> great start. <laughs> we know when it is. We know. We know what day it is. The first five seconds <laughs> of the recording. <laughs>